0: Black Swan Media Studios, deep inside a secret underground bunker. We're speaking to freedom-loving patriots from all around the country and the world. Welcome to the resistance. This is John Crump,
1: live. What is up, everyone? We have a very, very special show, and this is why we are on the main channel as well as the podcast channel. My name is John Crump, and you probably know me Um, if you're here. I'm pretty sure you know me. But today, we are joined by a real patriot here. But before we get into our guest, we are joined by Flying Rich himself, Richard Hughes, and and Dark Mavis, DLD After Dark. And what's what's up, guys? We're going to bring on our guest now. Okay. You all know him. Uh, His name has been synonymous with gun rights for years now, over a decade. Whenever you hear anyone talk about what is going on or reference something about the right to carry, right right for a firearm, right for a firearm in the home, you know, an individual right to bear arms, the Supreme Court case was also, was Heller. Everyone refers to the Heller decision, right? So, I figured, let's have the man himself, the gun dude, Dick Heller, Make America Free Again. That's an awesome, awesome hat.
0: Yes, with uh, an 1851 Colt Navy revolver
2: on it? Uh, Just about. That's that's my trademark.
0: Nice. I like that.
2: I patterned it off of uh, Make America Great Again, and I figured, we really ought to have a gun on there, so that's me okay now this is the corpus uh so what's our topic today
1: uh you wanted to speak about uh what's going on with with the uh the the baltimore case
2: there's two baltimore cases uh my favorite at the moment uh still in prison is his name is alejandro i think i need to twist my camera there I didn't turn to sign it on my head. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Wait, what, why don't you tell us what's going on with, uh, before we get into that, let's introduce you. Uh, I, I kind of did a little bit of a breakdown, but before we get into Alejandro, tell everyone who you are and what you do or what you, what you have done for gun rights.
2: Gun rights. Okay. That's the most, in, most uh, exciting thing to talk about. Uh, I like to say my gunfight started back in 1976 when I bought a gun kind of like the one on my hat. And uh, six months later, three months later, DC said, oh, you can't have those anymore. Uh, So I had to throw it in the trash. Not happening because this is my new piece of artwork. I was about 30 years old or so, maybe 40, 35. And uh, so it wasn't thrown in the dumpster. And I wasn't going to turn it in, and they said, oh, you can grandfather, you'll be grandfathered if you registered it, and I said, hmm, this is back before I knew anything about firearms, I just knew we had a Second Amendment. And I said, "Uh, why would they want me to register it? Well, they might want to know where I live. Well, why would that be? The only reason could be uh, they want to come and get it. And uh, so I pondered over that for a couple of days, and then I made a very intellectual decision about as Tarzan and Grunt level as you can get decision. Ain't doing it. <laughs> it was that simple. And I said, uh, I have a brother outside of town in Silver Spring, a suburb, and uh, I can just keep it there a lot of the time. And uh, So I did
1: love the hat by the way.
2: Uh, that's the organization. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, so it took 20 years of studying and a lot of things had to happen. And finally, uh, short version, we linked up with uh, a guy that was on the Olympic shooting team and had studied law, uh, Mm -hmm. in um, Actually, he had studied law and and medicine in the combat zone of Vietnam, and went to went to part-time school there. So when he came out, he ended up being on the President's one hundred shooting team. Uh, and uh, then, when he came to Washington and we met, he realized he said, "I'm living in the capital of the freest country on the planet, and I can't have my guns." I told him, no, you'll get arrested. We'll all go to prison. And the, the saga just continued. So he ended up going to full-time law school. And when it came time to graduate, uh, he wasn't interested in getting his going to the graduation ceremony or getting his piece of paper. He just wanted the knowledge uh, to be able to bring a gun case. So I had the gun. He had the knowledge. And we teamed up my tenacity and his tenacity and well we have (laughs) ultimate we linked up with cato institute and there were six of us and uh the part i like about it is that was there's a story there going through the court system but the part i like is a judge that wasn't particularly fond of guns he said uh i had gone down to try to register my firearm and got rejected and he said, Mr. Heller has, uh, has exhausted all administrative remedies. Therefore, of the six people, Heller has standing. So <laughs> the case got changed from uh, from with the original name to Heller. And we went to the court. And And I don't call it the Heller decision. I call it, I only refer to it, if and, and if I refer to anything else, it's by accident. I only refer to it as that magnificent Justice Antoinette Scalia decision.
1: Yeah, because uh, he was the, yeah, he's the one who wrote the decision, right?
2: He's the one that wrote the decision, and I'm not on an ego trip.
1: Yeah, uh, well, that, that, that works, that works. All right, so how'd you get hooked up with GOA? Uh, well,
2: the, when I, everybody in the planet, I think, is a member of uh, NRA, And then I realized uh, about, I think they started about 19, uh, in sometime in the 90s when we were struggling to figure out what are we gonna do to own a gun in DC? And I ran across uh, Gun Owners of America and uh, the Pratt's were saying, Larry Pratt was saying, uh, said, we're the only, we're the no compromise a gun organization in DC so man as soon as I learned that I wrote them a check and been supporting them ever since and uh, then somebody you know I had to work with somebody so we joined they invited me in and uh, we'll work together on I think we're working on Heller uh, six and seven now actually our gun cases
1: yeah, you, you, but people don't realize that there's Heller One, Heller Two, Heller Three, Heller Four, Heller Five, and now Heller Six, Heller Six and Seven. Six so, and seven yeah. so DC must get really tired of you suing them.
2: Well, what's interesting is, uh, give me, a, I'm just kind of new at this stuff. I'm trying to get my camera. No, you're fine. I think it's important to show your teeth, right? <laughs> yeah. As well as GOA. So the uh, last time we had uh, it was a meeting on the hill and and everybody was going around the table introducing themselves and uh uh you know i met a lot of congressmen there and, and then uh when it was my turn someone jumped up and says uh the gun dude here doesn't need introduction we just call him we just call him gun dude emeritus <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a it's fun. Uh, and it gets serious and people know I'm serious and that's why we're working on six and seven. I just heard about gun, uh, case number seven today was offered to me and I said, Hey, I think I can find some more people to make this a class action uh, against DC. So, uh, so can you
1: say what six and seven are or no, not yet. Sorry. Can you say what Heller six and seven are going to be about or not yet? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> you don't want to jeopardize anything, which is understandable, which is understandable. So you all have to wait out there. I will be reporting on it once it breaks, once we can say something.
3: If I, if I summarize, Heller 1, that was the right to carry in D.C.,
2: is that correct? Right to, That was simply the right to own.
1: Right to oh. own a gun. That was the one that established uh before... Uh, there wasn't really a case that established the that the right to bear arms is an individual right, even though I believe that it always has been. But it was never the Supreme Court never actually said that until Heller won.
3: Well, I I think it's important to distinguish um, that the it first understood. it was strictly the, just the was first wrong. Ten Amendment, yeah. you know. Nine of them refer to the people, and the second refers to the militia. You know, because that's just an obvious.
1: You know, yeah, he's being facetious there. How, like they were like, oh, all these af- apply to the people. Just this one doesn't apply to yeah, the people, which is one.
3: The Second Amendment. You know, that that's <laughs> the militia. The other nine apply to the people.
1: Yeah. You know the- that that is the anti-gun thinking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. So.
3: Dick, I, I guess of the, the many things, and I was just like, what, what can I ask Dick Heller? Do people get mad when they find out who you are? And not, not us. We're all happy for you. But do the gun grabbers, the Bloombergs out there, get mad when they see you?
2: Uh, the most I ever got was once I heard a swear word in the last, what, 15 years? okay so they'll, give you, they'll give you icy stairs <laughs> uh, you know that shooting up in new jersey today of that republican congress lady it it just makes you pause and say geez maybe i should carry a little more often in dc because you don't know where the the space nicks are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the deranged and it could be that all they have to do is say to somebody that's mentally deranged is i live i work right next door to a homeless shelter and it's just people laying on the sidewalk all day long with drugs Ooh. and uh uh if if somebody walked up and said here's a gun and 20 dollars, go shoot that person it'd be that simple you you could get blown away if the guy could hit you if the person could hit you with a gun you know yeah um, But that's another story. So you just always have to be it's called situational awareness as the whole audience knows. Oh
1: yeah. Uh yeah, exactly, Uh, exactly.
2: uh, Yeah, may I back up?
1: Yeah. I I have a friend that you might know, uh Brian Ren Wren, who also sued DC.
2: That was the second step up the ladder. Yeah. I actually wrote a letter to the the reason the way the reason I knew I had to link up with somebody is I I'm a cop that gives me a, a gun and a badge and a bulletproof vest and a power of arrest. I'm a full blown cop. Um, just not for MPD. So I wrote a letter to the DC government, the mayor and the armorer at the time, and I said Dick Heller, I'm a, a special police officer and I have I carry a gun all day and here's my own private gun and I'm going to start carrying it. Okay, please tell me what forms I need to fill out. And the the armor wrote back, oh no, you aren't, kind of thing in diplomatic government talk. And so I had this letter and I didn't know what to do with it. And two years later, uh, Brian, he knew what to do. He and George, George, his lawyers, my current lawyer current attorney, and we're, we're go- all good buddies. And uh, so they went down and filed the case. And uh, that could have been hell or two, But it was the next step up the ladder. First, you have to be able to own a firearm. And then Brian's case was you don't want to carry the firearm. And then they started saying the next step up the ladder was, here's what you can't do. And, okay, well, we want to do some of those things. Okay? Um, and so we're up to case... Six, seven, six and seven now, are in the works. Uh, the third ca- second and third case were, were the 16 elements that uh, after the magnificent Scalia decision in June, the city came up uh, with 16 elements immediately. So they had a backup plan. So one month later, um, the, the legal team, we took them, we had to go to court again, and it stretched out over years. And they were split up into Heller. We challenged the 16 elements that they threw up as no nos. Uh, so for the next few years, they had to split it up. And one of them was an AR. So that was Heller too. And uh, Justice, uh, uh, there was, who was the Justice? My brain scrambled, uh, wrote a dissenting element, a dissenting um, opinion on that you could have an AR. And uh, so then Heller, that was two. Heller three was like 13 or 14 of the other issues. And Heller four was, gosh, I can't even remember Heller four now. <laughs> um, you sue the, play the play
1: government play. so many times you forget. That's kind of uh... a. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: crazy. I'm trying to keep up with everybody's, You know, everything in, in uh, Bruin and all the other mm-hmm. states. And, and uh, concealed carry started in California. It's, there's a lot there. So if I don't have my notes in front of me, I'm I'm not able to answer a lot of questions. Yeah,
1: one of your cases involved uh, the right to build a pop firearm, right?
2: Oh yes, that was number four. That was number four. Yeah, the
1: right to build a polymer eighty.
2: <laughs> that was so so simple. Uh, see, what you have to have is evidence, and uh, so I had my buddy down in North Carolina. Uh, I had him ship me one. Uh, I purchased it, and he shipped it to me. And let's see, oh, he shipped it to the FFL, uh, Nova Arms on K Street. And uh, they said, hey, this is not a gun. What do we do with it? So they called the, the chief of police and they said, no, you can't register it, send it back. So I paid for the shipment up and the shipment back. And so we had evidence that I had been, Heller had, administ- had uh, <laughs> exhausted all administrative remedies with pieces of paper that we had it shipped to us and we had to have it shipped back. Uh, So that was evidence we'd been rejected. And uh, we took it to uh, George Lyon wrote wrote up the complaint. And they just said, uh, "Okay, I don't remember what it was. It just okay, you can keep your gun. they should have just let me keep my gun in the first place back in 1976, and they wouldn't be going through all this. <laughs> you wouldn't be suing them weekly.
0: You, you've got a lot of good positive movement. We're all about the movement. We're all
3: about the cause. So, sure. with that, we're in a very different place.
1: Yeah, if you look, I, if I you to look,
3: say it, it's it's through the adversity that you went through that gave way to a lot of us having our gun rights. If you look, so it is a big deal. If you look
1: behind uh, dark there, those are all Paul and Reedies homemade firearms.
2: You should see
3: the over there.
2: <laughs> right. So you're in America, not in D.C.?
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's in Virginia. He's close to you. He's close.
2: He's in America, yeah. Close. I like to say, if you want a gun, you have to go to America to buy one if you're D.C. resident.
0: Isn't that so sad? I mean, you would think that— I,
2: I get to kick out the humor of it. Uh, I think I'll go across the river to. Glad to be uh, uh, visiting you today across the river in America.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, it's so crazy. I mean, there's a lot of times where like we, like so, John and I uh, both live in Virginia, and um, we'll be carrying constantly, and it's it's easy to accidentally end up in Maryland or D.C. And there have been a lot of cases where people have been locked up. I, I had a friend actually who was arrested and had a firearm taken um, because he was honest with the police officer, said, hey, I, I took a wrong turn. I uh, I have a firearm, it's completely disassembled. I uh, was literally turning around on 495 to go back to Virginia and they arrested him, took the gun. Thank God it was a- Oh, effect. shoot.
2: They, they actually, there's no probable cause there because he has the, has the, the was this before or after the transport laws were passed because Uh, he can travel all the way around the beltway and and nobody and they stop him he's legal
0: but a question about that so this has come up a lot you're allowed to travel with a firearm but if the police stop you then you're stopping well also
1: also you get to have it stored
0: yeah, they, they do have state storage laws. So yeah, you can't
1: I, have it, like, strapped on you like a concealed carry.
0: So I, when I go to Maryland, and a lot of people will say that, you know, this is bending the knee, right? Um, uh, I literally take it off my person, I clear it, put it in a steel, you know, lockbox. It's a, a safe in my trunk, and then, you know, lock it up, ammunition separate, and if i need to do some business in maryland then i leave the moment i get back in virginia take it out load it back up put in my waistband and go about my business
2: sure i
0: that's what they think i do
2: <laughs> <laughs> well you're asking the wrong person because i'm not the attorney yeah. <laughs> i just whenever i travel i just make sure the people on the other end are taking care of me and they're armed, I don't
1: have to worry. All right, uh, Christy wants you to talk about how you sneak around in the crowd before you give speeches.
2: Oh, gosh, <laughs> like, like I say, I'm not on an ego trip, but I kind of like having fun. Uh, with I mean, my picture's everywhere, you'd think so. I'm the guest speaker at, at any place, and I'll go sit in the middle. And I've been to places where I try to talk to people. and say, "Hey, you know, blah blah blah. Oh, nice weather up here. Uh, is everybody carrying, you know, whatever conversation opener?" And they'll look at me like, "Who is this weirdo?" And I, you know, I'm not Brad Pitt or anything. But uh, and then uh, when they say, "Hey, is Heller here?" "Hey, where are you?" And I jump up, you know, and they say, "Oh crap! I could have had a conversation with." You. <laughs> um, that's that's a message. That's a message for people to become introspective of who they are. You know That's I'll awesome. talk to a tree if it's moving. Hey, tree.
3: Dark, I, I realized what we did wrong when we walked by Brandon Herrera at shot show. Dick Brandon Herrera is a famous gun what? tube. Brandon Herrera is a famous gun tube guy. I, Dark. I should have handed okay. my camera to Brandon and asked him to take a picture of me and you together.
1: Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> that that would have been good. Yeah. So uh let's get on to the topic we're here for. Uh Dark and I were were we, we ate dinner with Larry Pratt. Larry Pratt is one of the big wigs over at GOA on Friday night. Um and and he was like, I want you to get in touch with Dick Heller, uh, because Dick ha- has this guy named Alejandro that needs help. And is there any way that you can help uh, help uh, Dick Heller get out the message? So I said, absolutely. I'll do anything for Dick Heller because Dick Eller's done a lot for our rights. So that's what we have you on here. Uh, and there's a Marine up in Baltimore named Alejandro. Now, tell us a little bit about what's going on with Alejandro up in uh Maryland.
2: It's not a simple gun case. Picture this. You know, women want equal rights. They want the secretaries to have equal pay with truck drivers. And they and I'm thinking, what about a dynamite truck driver? That's the case of the the thought that came up about in the mid 1970s when the women were screaming for equal rights as if they already didn't own 75 percent of the wealth in America and uh so picture being a dynamite truck driver that's pretty risky business right and if you do everything right you keep distance on the highway and you don't speed and you don't slip on ice or anything you could you could get from point a to point b uh reasonably risk-free but there's risk there well consider um None of us would volunteer to be a dynamite truck driver, but consider having that dynamite uh, buried in the middle of the road. And now you're a truck driver whose job is to drive over the road and find the dynamite by driving over it and seeing if it blows up. Can you picture that kind of a, a job description?
1: Probably would not have a lot of people applying for it.
2: Not a lot of volunteers, right? So well, I get the Alejandro Gonzalez was such a driver, and uh, I, I I don't remember what it was called. It was uh, I've seen him before when they were showing it off at Congress. It's it's a it's a it's a great big, incredibly big truck, and it's got a wedge bottom like a boat. So when it drives over something. The blast doesn't blow it up. It blows it 45 degrees out to the sides. That was his job. And he found a lot of buried IED dynamite places. Uh, He's been blown up uh, over half a dozen times. Uh, And remember in Iraq when that missile came into the green zone uh, military uh, chow hall? Yep. No? Okay. Alejandro was there. His, uh, Don't get me crying now. <laughs> this guy is seeing some action. People were dying all around him. He made it out. So finally, when he came back stateside, that's the kind of guy he is. is he's the dynamite truck driver. Um, when he came back stateside, he's got two kids and a fiancé from Georgia, and his mother lives in Baltimore. So, they drive... You want the short version or the long version?
1: Oh, uh, we got about 45 minutes, so give us the long version.
2: Okay. We'll make it medium version. Medium version. Here you go. Okay. So, he they drive from, from Georgia, outside Atlanta, to Baltimore, and they're visiting his mother in an apartment building, and the guys upstairs are crooks, criminals, drug dealers, and gangbangers. So... The guys upstairs were disrespectful to his mother. Uh, And Allie's a Marine, right? Hey, guys, uh, could you show a little more respect to my mother? And uh, one of the guys said, don't you move. Don't you go anywhere. And Allie comes from Atlanta. He was sort of street savvy. He says, oh, gosh, this guy is going to call his gang. So he packed his Maryland has a duty to retreat law. So, he packed his family up, his two kids, his fiance, and his mother didn't quite make it to the car, but she was a registered nurse, and she had a registered firearm uh, by her front door, which Alejandro grabbed on the way out. And he's just about got the car packed up, ready to do a total retreat out of Balmer. And the guy comes out of the apartment building carrying a chair. He's in the, the, uh, the apartment is on a slight incline, maybe 30 degrees, about 50 yards, front, front yard. The guy comes out. He says, I told you not to go anywhere. Uh, the bad guy smashes the chair on the ground, on the, on the concrete, uh, in front of everybody, picks up a leg, which is now a club with a, with a pointed end on it. And actually, today is the court day. February the 3rd is another hearing day. The lawyers told me nothing's happening today. They don't bother to come up. So the bad guy is running down this incline towards Allie. Uh, He says something like, you know, what's he going to say? I'm going to kill you. Uh, Allie plugged him three times, threw the gun down, jumped in the car and took off to Georgia. Uh, they got his kids home safely. He checked himself in to the, uh, uh, local VA hospital. And as you can imagine, the guy after being blown up so many times probably had a good case of PTSD. Uh, so he immediately checked him into the VA hospital. Uh, he had them call, uh, the Baltimore, uh, legal system and they came and extradited him. And he sat in a decaying, damp, cold Baltimore jail from September of 2021 uh, for 14 months until Thanksgiving. Oh, shoot. Okay, he hasn't, hasn't, hasn't had a court hearing yet. Okay, pre-trial confinement. And, oh. oh, by the way, we're not going to have a trial for you.
1: What happened to a quick and speedy trial?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think... I don't know what that's worth. But yes, so there's this uh the 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 prosecuting the chief prosecutor of Baltimore was Marilyn Mosby. And you know Baltimore's if it's not number one crime rate uh, murder rate in America, it's number two after Chicago. So she was throwing everybody in jail. If you ate a, a ham sandwich on the wrong Tuesday of the month, you're going to be a criminalized, you're going to be criminalized and go to jail. So here's Ali, self-defense, clear case to all of us in the audience and, and uh, self-defense. And he's sitting there rotting uh, with no medical attention with PTSD for 14 months. So Marilyn, Mos- Marilyn Mosby is on her way to jail because she was so corrupt. So the new guy comes in, I don't know his name, the new prosecutor comes in and says, we've got to clear these books. Alejandro, self-defense, look at the case, talk to lawyers, send this guy home. So just before Thanksgiving of just this past year, uh, they sent Alejandro home. The case was null. Clean bill of health. Can you imagine? He might have a beer or two over that one. So Mm -hmm. just before Christmas, now think of the, the viciousness of re reinitiating the original charge oh, about 10 days before Christmas. Remember, he's got oh, two wait, boys uh, living with his fiancee. And uh, uh, so he's back in Baltimore jail just before Christmas. Oh and my. he's still there. And so, how, how do you, you know, we in the audience can't figure out how your 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 case is null processed, uh, and maybe that's not even the right word. It was nullified in some legal term. You yes. go home, and then they jerk you back to jail again. Okay, and he was supposed to have his first hearing after coming back to Baltimore, being jerked back to Baltimore before Christmas. It was supposed to be today after having been put off a couple of times, of course. So I called his lawyer, uh, Mike Shark, and uh, uh, he said, "Heller, uh, don't bother to come up. He says, there's nothing happening on this case. All they're going to do is continue it. Uh, and, and his fiancee, of course, drove all the way from Atlanta to here for this oh no my gosh. non-event today. But they have, she'll stay somewhere. And I think they've moved his mother somewhere so that she's hard to find. And And Allie's sitting in jail with these gangbangers, fellow associates. And he says he, he can't sleep at night. I don't know how big his, his the bay is where he sleeps, you know, two man cell or 40 man cell, like the army. I don't know. Uh, but his, he feels his life is in danger every time he's sleeping. So, anyway, yeah, what we it had, probably
1: like, is because he was uh, dealing with a gangbanger, and I'm sure. They have other members of the gang in there
0: Oh yeah, too that most of the jails in uh, Baltimore are set up kind of like a camp style. They're all bunks in general population, mm. and mm. anyone and everyone has access to anyone in general population, not all of them, but most of them wow. and from what you just told me it, and, and I believe you, I'm just saying for the sake of you know saying it publicly, if that's how it went down, that's a clean shoot. Right. The guy showed ability, willingness and a verbal threat. He did his best to retreat with his family and he resorted to, you know, that method of self-preservation. That's a clean truth. And the shame is here is if that happened in Georgia, he would have been free. Keep talking. He would have absolutely been free. So the fact that Maryland is just a, a communist state That's the only reason that he's
2: in this. uh, ah, Everyone, every gun owner should get a copy of this book because those elements you just listed off. okay, Mm -hmm. by uh, Andrew Bronco with a a forward by Masad Ayub.
0: Ah, Masad.
2: Yeah. Um, There there used to be just three simple elements. Uh, You know, the the uh, is is there a threat? Uh, did he make a threat? Is he able to do it? Uh, and you feel in jeopardy? You could use deadly force. But now you have to retreat in many cases. There's another case, prove your innocence, uh, which it doesn't have a, a, a proper place in the court system. But uh, uh, the, um, let's say you're, you're walking uh, down the alley on your way, taking a shortcut from the bus to your house after work. And you meet some bad dude in the alley. And you're armed. And he's coming at you with some sort of a weapon. And you have to defend yourself. And he's dead. And the, the uh, uh, or you wound him. And he comes to court. And the guy, the, the 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 victim, the good guy, is wearing a suit and tie. And the other guy comes in uh, disrespecting the court, dressed like a gangbanger. And his lawyer says, well, you said he attacked you. but." the perp here says that you started the fight. So how can you prove your innocence? Whoa. And there's no witnesses. That's a hard one to overcome. Wow. So there's, there's a fourth element is my point. Now the fifth element is so you're in your house defending yourself and ladies and gentlemen of the jury, uh, our shooter uh, was in the kitchen with his back up against the sink and the the perp was about to hit him with a hammer. Now, if you were, wouldn't reasonable people have run out the kitchen door? You know, and all they do is make that besmirching statement, and it it it's it establishes doubt in in the mind of the jury. So now we had the fifth element instead of just three. You have to go through a tripwire of five elements to to get off, and that's I think that's where Allie is. He's stuck in that mess. So what you do is, we've set up a, a give send go, give send go, and it's called um, slash justice for Alejandro. Yeah. J a
1: uh, n d r o. Yep. I've been sharing it in the chat, and also we are gonna roll a, uh, we'll roll a um, scroll at the bottom, so everyone can see it. And put up another banner.
2: There you go. And what I found is apparently the the capitals on justice and Alejandro for some reason aren't important. You can have it yeah. capitalize, not capitalize. On On my own website, mine wouldn't work if you had a capital P. Uh, Heller Foundation slash Patriots, you'd see Alejandro's picture, but you had to have a, a small letter P. So if you just go to... Teller Foundation and click on Patriots, you'll see him listed there also, along with Angelique Gomez from Uvalde Shooting. I'm going in, cops, and get my boys.
3: So uh, yeah. I'm not familiar with, with that. Which which one is that? Uh, so Uvalde, the school shooting, where they, I think they put the lady in handcuffs. You know, she said, <laughs> oh, well, if you're not going in, I'm going to go in and get my boys.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go go to Heller Foundation or Heller Gun Case. Yeah. There you go. Scroll it up. And uh, she says, I, I, uh, I escaped the handcuffs, evaded the police line. Can you imagine her going through like a, a football line of scrimmage? <laughs> she wiggled her way through there and jumped the fence. I'm going in and get my two boys. And she brought out about four kids. Well, the 273 cops were standing around washing their hands and sucking their thumb. Yeah. What a, what a hero! I've talked to her, uh, and and she she needs help too.
1: Yep. Yeah. She have a give a go right down there too. And here's Alejandro.
2: A straight up war hero. Wasn't she
0: fired from her job after they learned uh, of her um, public? Uh, news, you know her being on the news.
2: What the only thing I know when I talk to her, and the reason uh, I set up a, a website for her, she's living in a garage, and they took her boys away because the garage did not have curtains in it to oh, be a proper on. home for her two boys. Yeah, true story. So, uh, I will sure,
1: her good send go too. uh
2: So when I talked to her, I said, I said. You know, how's things going? And she said, well, she has a lawyer. I don't know if it's um, a Mark DiCarlo or another one now. But she said the police had been harassing her because of her success in breaking through the line. uh, Oh, shoot. Showing them up. So she says they park police cars down at the end of her street and they flash their lights and do funny things to kind of harass her.
1: Imagine that.
2: Yeah. In America. I mean, that sounds like West Germany, doesn't
1: it? East yeah. Germany, you mean? I
2: was... So I was watching. Those, those uh, are two I'm, cases that I'm supporting. Now, there's another one in Baltimore, but that's for another time.
0: I was watching uh, a follow-up report that she did where she said... Maybe she said she was going to lose her job, or potentially. I'm not sure. But uh, she had said that uh, someone from the police had called her and said you better stop doing interviews with the news or something oh, yes. happened.
2: Yeah.
0: So the fact that wow. so the fact that she has seems like visited by CPS, child protective services and you know they, it seems like law enforcement had attacked her for her taking a stand for her family.
2: Sure, yeah, and if the cops are there then they're going to look for every excuse. Oh, no curtains. Come and get her boys uh, protective service.
0: Yeah. When she was the one that, you know, risked her life to get her boys, like, once she saved them, they come in and take them from her. Like, that's, that's wrong.
2: You know what? I don't understand. 273 of them guys there, they all want to go home, but our job is to go to the gunfire. Yeah. You know, give me those shields. I'm going in. I mean, and that's the way I see it. And I wasn't there. And, uh, but I've had enough cop training to know that that's our job. And if they had the shields there, I'd have said, I'm crashing through with three shields to protect me from AR-15 or whatever he had. And you guys be behind me and start shooting. Yeah. you do the shooting, I'll carry the shields. Uh, I, but that's not what happened.
0: I'm not going to, you know, Monday morning quarter, quarterback, but I would be willing to say that every single person on this show right now would have been willing to... Run in there with no expectation of leaving alive. To yeah.
2: stop. It's what? that's what patriots do, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's what so but she, that's not what happened that day with those cops.
2: There yeah. she's um the last time I talked to her, I'm due to call her again. I haven't called her for a while. Uh but she's got I think she has a harassment suit against them, certainly. Uh Violation of civil rights. There's one thing. Uh, since we're in that vein of conversation, there's something that I wish everybody in America know. Do do does anybody know uh, about something called the Supreme Court Bivens decision? It's called the Bivens uh, action now. Yes.
1: Um, yeah, why don't you tell everyone about it?
2: You say you'll tell everybody. No.
1: So why don't you tell everyone about it? Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: Uh, back in, um, you know, if if either federal or uh, some municipality uh, violates your civil rights, like the Heller cases, yeah, and the Rand case,
1: I think this is uh, early '70s, right? What's that? The Bivens case. Bivens was 1967. Okay, uh, I was
2: close. Um, yeah, very close. Uh, There's something called, if you you sue, like we do, we sue the city, we say, uh, George, I say, George, uh, look, here's my case, can we do a 1983 action? What that means is if they violated your civil rights and we prevail, the citizens prevail, then the city, no loss to their pockets, of course, the individual uh, uh, legislators, but the city has to pay the court costs and civil rights, maybe civil rights fines. Okay. Well, so that works for federal and local. There's one that, that applies just to federal. And in 1967, uh, six FBI agents violated uh, Mr. Bivens' civil rights. And I think it was uh, a property uh, a violation of some sort, not a, not a broomstick. Uh, so that was a relief. But what it, the case went all the way to the Supreme Court and they dis, the, the decision was that these six agents had violated his civil rights, therefore they were to punitively pay for, and it's a sealed decision. We don't know if they paid a million dollars or just the court costs or what, but it's been known thereafter as the Bivens action. So when someone violates your civil rights, uh, you know, everyone talk to your lawyer, if it's federal, and most civil rights end up being federal if they're egregious. Uh ask them about uh, uh a Bivens filing a Bivens action.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it was uh the the it was the official title of the case was Bivens versus Six Unknown Agents.
2: Exactly, yes. What? So <laughs> we don't know what happened to them.
1: Yeah well, yeah, the the they, they, they uh, the government wouldn't give up their name, so
2: well, it's just like uh, in January six, they wouldn't give up the shooter's name, uh, the cop that that shot um, mm-hmm. Ashley Babbitt. Took, about a, year. took yeah. about a year. Yeah,
1: yeah, so, I think yeah. So it was like six for six unknown agents because they couldn't get the names.
3: <laughs> but, they didn't want the
0: public to have the names. That's, that's
2: so yeah, what I thought would have been cool is, believe it or not, in Heller one, it cost an even. I signed the papers that said Dick Heller will not get a penny of this and the amount was $1.2 million. Okay? Oh, wow. And that was the court costs. Um, so there <laughs> happened to be 12 members of the city council. And to this day, I fantasize suing their asses because if we would win uh, and they would have to pay the court costs out of their own pockets... For mm-hmm. writing the legislation that violated their civil rights, one of their paychecks would have to be short, one hundred thousand dollars, each of those twelve members. That would be so cool.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Wow.
2: And what an example. We wouldn't we, we would not have needed I didn't learn about Bivens until just a few years ago, but if we could have done that and if it would have worked, guess what? We could have eliminated about four hundred and fifty uh, Follow on court
1: cases across the country. Yeah, yeah. When when they put their money on the line, it seems like they're they're not as uh, willing to violate people's <laughs> rights. Yeah, that's crazy. So, uh, how many followers do
0: you have? Uh, right
2: now
1: uh like a, a little bit over a hundred but we have like forty like like 40-ish thousand total plus where three thousand fifty thousand around fifty thousand with all of us
2: okay if everybody fifty four uh, just a dollar okay that would be forty dollars right. that's the amount of his his startup lawyer fees Wow. Okay. So if, and now not everybody's gonna hear this, so if the majority that hear it honeyed up just $10, we could get him probably out of jail because it, it's just- the, it, what a horrible put, thing. Yeah, they just put him through the grind and I talked to Mike Stark, uh, just like Sunday, he called me. We talked on Sunday for heaven's sakes. It's that important? He said, he said, when the case eventually goes to court and we raise the $40,000 so the lawyers will walk in, the other lawyers, he says, he'll walk right out of court cleared. Yeah. But it takes the brand to get there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad how that is. Um, yeah. uh, That's crazy. There was a... Uh, a case called the auto key card case, which we've raised a lot of money for uh, Matt Hoover, who is CRS Firearms. Well, they charge Matt Hoover with conspiracy. One of the reasons why they charge him with conspiracy in that case is because he was raising money for the guy that was charged. So like, oh, well, you can't use that money. It's conspiracy for rape, for helping you.
2: Those guys that charged him, that's thats false... That's, um, I'm sure there's a word for it. Is it slander? Uh, is it libel? Is it false arrest? Did they actually arrest him? I mean, those guys should be shelling out of their pocket for what they did. Yeah.
1: Uh, he's still going to trial. They're charging him with a felony.
2: Yeah, well, so... And all he did is what we're doing today, right? Well,
1: no, he also... Okay, uh, he... Took uh advertising money from a company. I uh, can we advertise it? Company. Yeah, so so it was like totally legal. He was advertising it. Uh so they said, Hey, you advertise for this company, which drove traffic and got them sales. We believe that company was doing something illegal. And once that company got arrested, then you started fundraising for them. So we're charging you with conspiracy for everything, for advertising for them, and uh, because you tried to help so him out. While before
3: the guy got arrested for the auto key card, Matt was a, had sponsored videos. Once the guy got arrested, he didn't do any more sponsored videos. So while the product was legal, or I mean, still technically it has been proven illegal because the guy hasn't gone to court yet. Mm-hmm. But Matt stopped advertising, you know, just good conscience figure, hey, they busted him like for each video that he did sponsor. It's kind of like if I just said, hey, you know, uh, tack knives, get the tack knife. Then all of a sudden they decide the knife is illegal coming after and charging me with collusion. I'm, I'm like, so conspiracy do you? Yeah, conspiracy, sorry. Do you charge, like, ABC, NBC, CBS for crimes because Ford cars that they advertise get into accidents? Oh,
1: Volkswagen, how they faked the data?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, like, they advertised for VW, they took money from Volkswagen, or was it conspiracy? And to be clear, these these were were just business
0: card-sized pieces of metal with... A picture. It was inspired by the lightning link, which isn't even to spec. It, it was a conversational piece to, to show how crazy, you know, the ATF's laws are on.
3: Some of them were bottle openers. They had a bottle opener cut into it. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and they weren't even the correct size. It just showed you what they look like.
3: Yeah. And if, if you did file them to the correct size, they didn't work in any modern firewall.
0: Yeah, you would have had to get it. Um, a very specific type of firearm and bulk carrier group and things like that. So it, it's totally it, it's honestly in my opinion more of a First Amendment case than uh, a yeah. Second case but I mean obviously it includes both. The problem is that now the prosecutor gets to say he was conspiring to illegally sell machine guns and mm-hmm. it just sounds so bad but it couldn't be further from the truth. The other yeah. thing the first week of November he called the ATF and there's about fifteen seconds of it on camera. The ATF said that it's not a machine gun.
1: Yeah. Oh, you're you're okay. That's a totally legal product. Now then they're like, yeah. Oh, we were just kidding. We were mistaken.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're just kidding, you're under arrest. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm gonna FOIA the ATF for the phone calls. We'll see how well that goes.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous, right? Um But I I don't really have any love for the ATF, and I can guess what your love for the ATF is, Dick. (laughs) Well, uh,
2: I'm working with members of Congress, and we have control of the Oversight Committee now, and the ATF, hopefully they'll be looking for jobs soon in the real world. Right? Hopefully.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, you go to some of these uh, dinners, like like the Freedom Caucus dinners and stuff like that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, which, which is a lot of fun. Um. Like you asked me about the last one, but the last one that you know that I could have went to, I was uh, sick. So.
2: (laughs) And then there's all kinds of caucuses, gun caucuses, and there's no list. We just know who we are. Um, Yeah. Within Congress, we're working on it. Um, Time for some general questions for you, Mr. Heller. Oh yeah, dude. The name's Dude Gun Dude. (laughs) Mr. Heller. (laughs) Mr. Heller, some old man. I guess that's my father. But
3: you know, I. I but it, it doesn't sound so much fun as when we say we like the gun dude, as opposed to you know we like Dick. So no, no. of we course. Any 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 chance that we we get?
2: The the only time I use that is when I say D.C.V. Heller. Have you heard of that? Case? Oh no. Okay.
3: Oh, <laughs> yeah. <what> I, <laughs> I, I was telling Dick, but you know I. Last night, John and I were on the phone with him, and my wife walks in. I put it on mute. I'm like, I'm on the phone with Dick Heller. She's like, Who? I'm like, I pulled it out. Yeah. My wife, are you? <laughs> yeah, like, how did...
1: Congratulations, <laughs> how dare, buddy. Still <laughs> say, my, my youngest just lost his second tooth.
0: Yeah. Hope he finds it. Yeah. My, my daughter yeah. swallowed her second
2: tooth. If, he's, yeah. if he lost his tooth, he's old enough to shoot. <laughs> yeah, you might have to
1: argue with my wife about that one. <laughs> all right, so let's get into some general questions. You know, we're,
2: y'all are in Virginia. I guess you're probably in local, local Virginia, America. Hi, Daddy. When I did a gun show in West Virginia once, uh, I was in a guy's booth, and, and all the kids come by. I talk to them. You know, nobody talks to kids. I talk to kids, and you learn a lot from them. So. Yeah. Every kid comes up and I, and I say, Hey, how old are you? I'm 11. When would you get your first gun? He says, Oh, I got my first 22 yesterday or last year, of <laughs> age 10. And this little girl comes up in pink, given pink gingham and those little, little, what are those things called coming out the side of their hair? Pigtails. Pigtails instead of a ponytail. She's the sweetest little thing. And I say, Hi there, young lady. I said, Are you here with these gun people? And uh, she says, I like bows and arrows. Oh, really? Tell me about it. And then her dad uh, chimes in. Oh, well, she just, uh, we just went hunting and she got her first, she got her deer. She got She just got a deer with her bow and arrow. And I'm thinking, oh, cool. Hey, do that with a gun. And she's eight years old, see? So she turns around and says, oh, daddy, tell him about last year. Apparently she got her first deer at age seven with a bow and arrow.
3: Wow! Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's fantastic.
2: I told the guy, I told the guy that was running the booth, Mike. I said, Mike, listen to this story. He says, he says that's a that's a three finger chuck, you know. He had apparently been following a deer for like five miles just try to get within five hundred yards of it to take an AR shot.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> how do you get enough to a deer? with a bow and arrow two times in your lifetime before age nine. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. But anyway,
2: (laughs) compare (laughs) that to suburban Virginia or downtown D.C. Well,
3: did did you ask her if she was in her living room and just shot on the back porch or, you
2: know? No, I was impressed
3: enough.
0: So I remember uh, going to the Nation's Gun Show in Chantilly, and uh, this is when I first got into guns. And it was not too long after the uh, uh, 94 to 04 ban had just sunset. So I was just getting into guns, uh, not too long after. And I remember seeing this um, uh, kel P3 AT, and it was a little more expensive okay. than the other ones. Yes. I, I love, I carried a kel P3 a decade in my pocket. They're great. And this one was a little more expensive, and I was like, well, that's crazy. And I looked at it and it said it was a Heller it was a Heller edition Celtech P3 t and it was engraved with the Heller decision. Did, did you know about any of those?
2: No. They should have given me one at least, if not royalties. For Hel- <laughs> Actually. I know the president of Caltech, and the conversation never came up that's uh, fine but that's so george never told
1: talk george kellgren never told you to think about it
2: yeah i'll have to look that up i guess no, that will stick with me it could have been what been i that. like about Kel-Tec is their mp30 uh most people don't know this uh what y'all's what's your favorite uh caliber to carry
1: i i carry a nine millimeter
2: i carry a nine. Nine? nine. yeah nine and you
1: Nine. nine. Well, well, nine. Uh, I carry. A, a, a Dark and I both carry Galil forty three Xs. Uh, Rich carries a Sig P three sixty five. What do you <laughs> carry, Dick? Twenty two. A twenty two.
2: But that's not the end of the story. All right, let's hear the end
1: of the story. Twenty two Magnum. Oh, the- it
2: has an. I train, I train people. It's not a Caltech yet. I train the ladies. I only. I, my avocation is training uh, lady shooters. Uh, I don't charge for it. That's my avocation. I start them out on a 22 uh, because even Masada Yub said the fastest way to lose a student is too big a bullet, uh, too big a gun, and too loud a noise.
1: Yeah. So, no, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So we started on 22, and then I tell them, I said, you probably won't like, when you go to a gun store, they'll probably try to upsell you to a 9mm. I said, you won't like it. So what you do is you get a 22 Magnum that has 80% of the horsepower or muzzle energy uh, of a 9mm without all the artillery noise and without the horrible recoil. Mm-hmm. And it just makes all the difference in the world. You have to be comfortable with your equipment. Yeah, I was given a, I was given a gun once. Huh. Anyway, one of the guns that had my name on it was a uh, .44 short barrel. And when I went to the factory, and I shot it into the the barrel, it damn near knocked my shoulder out of joint. And I couldn't believe it, and I'm going like, "Oh no, you didn't! We better do that again." So I stiffened my arm, you know, embraced my arm, and fired again. And I gave it to the armor. And says, "I can't use one of these." Wow. Uh, so if I can't, if I don't like something, uh, and I'm a Screaming Eagle paratrooper at the age of seventeen, uh, if I can't handle that, I don't expect dainty women to be able to handle that. So uh, I did a lot of studying on it. And, and so I train them on my wife's 22, which happens to have uh, a dual cylinder system. So you can take out the 22 short or long rifle cylinder and put in uh, a 22 uh, Magnum and, you okay. go and switch, switch from your, your training gun to your self-defense gun. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh,
1: that's I, I, have you ever seen
2: this picture? Yeah. Uh that was taken in Tennessee um with uh, mm, um, uh my memory y'all have penny of memories Mine's uh 286. So <laughs>
1: <keeps> <laughs> yeah, that was uh who 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 uh, uh who Volk. was that?
2: Oleg Volk.
1: Oleg Volk. Oleg Volk
2: took that picture and then someone drew I'll, drew off of it. Yeah, uh, I think
1: picture, Mitch B- Boyer drew off of it.
2: Okay, my favorite picture is Nikki Goser and myself.
1: Nikki Goser and myself. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It's, uh,
2: it's, it's on. It's if you go to if you go to the homepage of Heller Foundation or Heller Gun Case. There's a carousel there, and her picture comes up. And uh, we took a couple. We we took a. A couple of pictures that day that are on my carousel there.
1: Oh, it's on the Heller Foundation website? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'll have to find it.
0: PMR 30? The one with, like, uh, what, 30 rounds of the magazine? Yes, 30. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: sweet. That's cool. And that's Mags. That's Magnum, too. Amazing. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty big gun, but...
0: Yeah, it's a full-size gun. Are, are, do you, uh, are you using like the CCIs or the Hornady VMAX with the little red tips in it? Or what? Uh,
2: what I've, I've done, uh, I've looked at a lot of videos, and it seems like the CCI, uh, it appears to what I've seen, uh, is the most dependable uh, when it comes to misfires. Yeah. Uh, does that sound right? It's the most dependable when you're shooting for no misfires. How's that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the manual actually says to use uh, 40 grain standard pressure CCIs in it as well. So I think that that sounds spot on. Mm-hmm. Now, one other yeah. question I, w- I would have is um, what type of gun control are you fond of?
2: Two hand. Uh, a good sight picture? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, Dick Heller works with GOA a lot, so that should show you what he...
3: Right.
0: Yeah. The only no compromise. Uh, I love it. Now, I have one question that typically causes a little discomfort. It's a little
2: more... Is it machine guns? (laughs) What's that? Is it machine gun question?
0: Oh, no. We could go there, too. I... I, uh, my my question was uh, thoughts on felons and firearms. Yeah. What what are your thoughts on uh, felons and their uh, natural rights for self preservation?
2: Well, the system the system has to figure out what the level of uh, good behavior they have to have fulfilled before they regain their full rights as citizens i mean they even i don't think they should be in in prison and voting so right they've lowered that barrier
0: um yeah
2: that's that's an abomination um and and i don't know i'm i'm all i try to do is learn the laws and obey the laws and it's like uh uh uh, what's, what's the, jeez? who's the first guy on my Patriots page? Um, uh, it'll come to me. Um, uh, the first oh, guy, there, there was one of my favorite pictures.
1: Yeah. If I brought it up, the first I guy on, on Patriot. your Patriots page, uh, you mean, uh, are you talking about, uh, Oh, okay. You're talking about Mark,
2: Mark Robinson. Yeah. Mark Robinson, when, in his speech, I play that. Uh, that's, that's on my Patriot page. He's the top picture, if you happen to notice. And a link to his I Am the Majority speech. Uh, and I listen to that from time to time. I am the majority. It, it just reinvigorates me. <laughs> that's a guy that went in with no preparation and went from school teacher, a factory worker to school teacher, to lieutenant governor in his first election guy is wow. to be awesome but he Perfect. says i will he says i'll tell you what's going to happen you're going to pass these laws to turn in our guns and i'm going to go down and turn in my guns but i'll tell you what's not going to happen the grips and the bloods on the other side of town they're not coming to turn in their guns yeah you know and my favorite oh, yeah. phrase now is when anybody talks about gun control my favorite question is, uh, if I ever got had a chance to talk to the mayor talking about gun controls, I mean, after the Potomac Metro shooting just yesterday, she said, you know, we have too many guns and all that crap. My my response is, uh, Madam Mayor, uh, you might think that we have too many guns. How many times have you gone down to Mississippi Avenue and handed out gun registration forms? Plus, uh,
1: the, the Metro is... It, it is a gun-free zone.
2: Of course, we're working on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so you know the gun gun laws. Di-
2: only. You can carry in Virginia.
1: Yeah, but 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 gun laws didn't prevent that from happening.
0: Of course not, because uh, exactly. I don't understand. <laughs> by definition, <laughs> Not legislate against evil, and this is what they they don't understand: is that by definition. The criminals are going to break the law right it's still illegal to murder it's still illegal to shoot people like you know that yeah they don't understand what they're doing or they perfectly understand what they're doing and they want to right strip us of every you know amount of control we have over them which is the all,
2: all vote democrat so that they can try to Take all of our guns away so they'll have an easier day at the office when it comes time to to mugging. Yeah. They don't want a bad day at the office.
1: No, <laughs> they, they're
2: criminals. They're not stupid, they're just criminals.
1: They definitely do. But, uh, all right, it looks like we are out of time. I want to thank you so much for coming on, Rich. You can find Rich at Flying Rich on all social media platforms, Flying Rich underscore official, and he has a new YouTube channel, Flying Rich Firearms. Check him out there. DLD After Dark, DLD After Dark on YouTube and all social media platforms. Who do you have on tonight?
0: I actually have a uh, very exciting guest that most of you guys won't expect. Rich would probably get that I'm going to have, you know, somebody on to talk about the new Polymer 80 jig that's available at DLD Hardware. But this is somebody else. This is a YouTuber that all of you know and love that has recently been canceled. Don't say anything. Oh. Ooh. I know who it is. Don't say anything.
3: Don't say
1: anything. All right. And uh, we have Dick Heller here. Uh, we ask you to go ahead and... Uh, and help out Alejandro. You can go to justice for Alejandro, uh, Gibson Go, slash justice for Alejandro. Um, I'm going to put it out in, in the chat one more time. Uh, we would definitely appreciate it. You can also go follow the Heller Foundation at hellerfoundation.org on YouTube, where you can follow Dick's many lawsuits against DC. And let me just say, too,
0: that I've been in, having conversations with Christy. Christy is just incredible. She is a remarkable. Oh, yeah. You, sir, are very lucky to have somebody like her on your team.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: She's, she's a fireball. Yeah, yeah. And So uh, the uh, uh, somebody I used to know, uh, I know, had a phrase, when someone's on fire, you throw gasoline on them. <laughs> help them out.
1: Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, Mr. Heller, why don't you leave...
2: Dude.
1: Uh, dude, I know. Gun dude, why don't you leave us with final words of wisdom?
2: Uh, go to Heller Foundation. We have to raise sometimes $1.2 million. Actually, Heller 2 cost exactly $1.2 million also. Wow. What a coincidence! dink. Unbelievable. Uh, fortunately, on my cop salary, I didn't have to pay all that. We had, we had people helping, like... GOA uh, and the other organizations. Uh, but we need all the help we can get because the more, if people support us, if they're listening to this channel and they support us, then they'll get that much more support back. Yep. In the form of Heller 6 and 7. And 8, we're working on the Metro case.